Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. You're about to go on a journey of empathy, understanding and transformation. Get ready to dive into the heart of humanity's most pressing questions with me, Rebecca Hemmings, the CEO of Strawberry Words Training Consultancy and guests. It's time to turn up the volume on kindness and to amplify the voices of minorities that often go unheard. This podcast asks questions like, how can we create workplaces where ethnic minorities thrive without the chains of career stagnation? What if universities were safe havens for all, free from the storm of microaggressions? And how can we bridge the gaps between cultures that have been divided by the walls of bias and ignorance? This is not just a podcast. This is a revolution of empathy. Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. Get ready to explore, learn and change the world one compassionate conversation at a time. Rebecca, can I just stop you there? Because I don't even understand why we're still talking about this. Okay, so that's just a bit of insight into when I face a difficult moment, um, I face a tough topic during a training session, I had to deal and I had to deal with it. Um, so this episode is all about, well, it's called the five reasons I sometimes avoid tough topics. So you'd think that talking about race was just on its own is a tough topic and I've chosen to talk about it. But trust me, there are levels to this thing, right? And I just want to share because, share because I think it would be useful um, to share why I sometimes avoid the even more tough topics that come up as a result of talking about discrimination, talking about racism and, and so on. So I'll start with that one. So I, um, one of the reasons I sometimes avoid the tough topics is because um, I feel I'm under personal attack. And that's never okay. Um, when I first started, I used to absorb attacks thinking, well, oh, this person's clearly uh, traumatized. And I understand, you know, usually at times it's come from ethnic minorities, not usually, but at times it has come from other ethnic minorities. And, and for me, other black women, it's not common, but it has happened. Um, and so when, when I'm under personal attack as the trainer, I'll shut that down because I'm not there to absorb other people's uh, attacks. I'm not there to um, to be that punching bag. I'm not. That's not. That's not my role. And so yeah, there was one incident where it was an online session. It was during the pandemic, and um, this woman had basically we're doing a, a, the normal sort of anti-racism training, and um, this woman had basically she was upset with the organization that she worked for because they'd put on this training because they'd obviously done things in the past that hadn't worked and so she just said look can I just stop you there Rebecca I don't even understand why we're doing this you know um what difference is it going to make and I disagree because somebody had asked me the question um you know do you think that ch any change can come about training like this and I spoke to, I spoke about um, where I think, where I know ch change has happened. Now I'm not, you know, under any illusion that training always works, it doesn't, but I was able to speak about the incidents, the examples of where it has made a difference. Well, this person came on and she goes, well, I disagree with you. What you're saying is wrong. I don't even understand why we're doing this. 
hey, I know you're enjoying the podcast episode, but I just want to quickly come in and say, look, if you're an organization that needs anti-racism training for your organization because your staff are lacking in a racial literacy, they don't have the words, they get stuck when talking about racism, they're, they want to be able to deal with incidents, but they're not sure how to, then check out our Time to Talk About Race online CPD accredited course at strawberrywords.co.uk. Okay, we can train from 10 to 10,000. But get in touch today at admin at strawberrywords.co.uk. Now back to the episode. And at that, I, mean, I, was, I was startled initially, and I just had to say to everyone, let's go on a break. Um, and, and I stopped the session. I stopped the session there and then, um, and we didn't continue. And I could go into more detail, but I won't because I've got others to go on with. So, so that's one reason. So one reason is that I feel under attack and therefore um, we stopped discussing that particular thing. Um, number two, um, I'm also, I'm very clear on my goal. So when I'm clear on my goal that I'm here to make sure that you all understand what constitutes racism over and above the overt stuff, then that's the goal I'm going to achieve. Sometimes people can ask questions which take us, you know, which railroad us. Um, um, they, and sometimes majorly so, or sometimes during exercises, people, um, again, because of their, their desire to stop talking about race because it's so uncomfortable, again, um, people can do quite outlandish things. And, oh, do I get into detail? No, I won't sit this play, at this stage. Um, but my role is always to bring people back on track. So I'm very clear on my goal. Sometimes I might have a discussion with a person after the session if they, if I felt like, you know, I, I wanted to do that, um, but I don't feel under pressure to do that because I have to be careful um, of my own mental health, which is another reason why I sometimes avoid the uh, tough topics. You know, this work can be emotionally exhausting, tiring, you know, um, I like to use drama. I like to use, give examples of my own personal experiences sometimes. And sometimes when I do that, do you know the movie, The Ghosts? I'll explain how, what it feels like. The movie Ghost, if you've ever seen it, there's an, um, a scene where Whoopi Goldberg, she's like this um, clairvoyant. She calls upon the spirits to use her body to speak to her relatives who are obviously still alive and they are not. And, um, and then after they, you know, they have a conversation with the family and then once the ghosts exit her body, she feels absolutely depleted of energy. That's what it feels like for me sometimes when I talk about my own experiences or when it's just not been a good day. Maybe something's happened during the session. Um, you know, maybe I've been, I've been faced with microaggressions and I've kind of just felt that hit. And so I have to be mindful. If I want to still function, not only within the session, but afterwards, I have to be mindful of my mental well-being. And if I feel so, um, it's, it's happened again where people have said something that which have been has been really racist, and I've just had to shut that down because I know if I don't shut it down, I'm only human. I too might become irrational and emotional or, and lead with emotion. So uh, that's one reason. Another reason is to take care of my mental health. Okay, uh, number three. If I know somebody is sea lioning, 
What sea lioning, I ask? Well, it's described as incessant, bad faith invitations to engage in debate. It's when somebody tries to tire you with the questions or tries to tie you in knots by asking really difficult questions. And it's a very clever technique and a lot of people get caught up in it, but I recognize it now because I didn't know what the term sea lining was before, but now I know what it is and I know what it does. I'm very careful to not fall into that trap. You know, so I've had it where people have asked, um, especially around the, what's this, um, Black Lives Matter statement. Like I get it when people generally want to want understand what do people mean when they say Black Lives Matter. I'll break that down. But then sometimes people will go into, well, all lives matter. And that's when I, which, which of course is true. Of course, all lives matter. We're saying, you know, in that statement, just in case you don't know, that often people, black people's lives do not matter. We're being quite specific about that. And so um, in examples like that, again, I won't, entertain it not in that moment not if I feel as if it's insincere don't get me wrong I, I know sometimes it can be sincere but because you hear it over and over again you start to pick up on when that is not a sincere statement and again I shut that down um, and also that's connected to taking care of my own mental well-being because again if somebody's trying to tire me out that's going to fatigue me I'm not going to be at my best I'm not going to feel 100% and I need to feel 100%. So reason number four, sometimes I just still, I've still got learning to do. I don't know everything. I, you know, I, I read lots, as you can see. Um, I pay attention to what's going on um, in the, the news, but I don't know everything. Sometimes I don't know the history of certain events. Um, I don't understand what, um, yeah, I, I don't understand what the, sides of the arguments are I, I want to know and so there's no point me going into a conversation uh, or venturing into a topic where I just don't know enough I'm going to look um incompetent um I'm going to not feel competent and I could you know the very worst I could do people a disservice by giving them incorrect information and that's just not what I do so uh yeah I you know I still have that learning to do and um, actually, I think that was number five. That was number five. Um, yeah, that was number five. So I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you a bonus one. Um, I'm clear on what I can influence and what I can't. And don't get me wrong. Like I know that when we go into a, an organisation and we're delivering anti-racism sessions, I'm under no illusion that some people have come in. They're digging their heels in. Doesn't matter what I say. It's not going to change them at all. Um, and that's just what it is. Um, I know we can't change people's personal opinions. What we're essentially there to do within a workplace setting is get people to understand that, well, racism looks like this and it, this is what it looks like beyond all the overt stuff. And if what you do is identified, and people know if, if what you do is identified as racist, there can be serious consequences for that, okay? So it's on that level that we're delivering, we're delivering change. Of course, I would love to be able to um, change all people who are really um, fervent racist. I'd love to be able to change their, their minds and way of, ways of thinking. Um, but I'm very clear that that's not always going to happen. So um, yeah, I, I know what I can influence and what I can't. So hopefully that's useful to you as well, because, um, <clears throat> you know, um, 
and I, also I don't, what I don't want this to do, what I don't want to communicate is that, oh, well, you know, racism is, is a difficult topic, therefore we shouldn't talk about it. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the extremely tough, more complex questions that come up. Um, sometimes you do have to take care of your mental health. Sometimes you have to be clear on your goal. And this, I, I, should, I should have said it at the beginning, but this all comes in the context of already discussing a difficult topic. All right, so there we are. Let me know what you think about the episode. If you're on Spotify, um, leave us a comment because, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how, so uh, what you're thinking. So leave comments, um, make suggestions on social media so you can see us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn make suggestions on what you would like to know for future episodes because as it all really helps all right thank you bye